Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Katani, and the founder of Katani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Katani. Hope everybody had a great weekend. We are literally less than a week away. Uh, let's see, a week today uh, till Christmas. <laughs> Let that sink in. Christmas is one week away. That is uh, absolutely insane to me. Uh, December is just absolutely flying by. It's going to be, it's going to be 2024 before we know it. Uh, what I'll do before the end of the year probably for maybe the Friday follow-up on the 29th, that makes the most sense, is uh, a big review of the year and a review and reflections of the year because, wow, a lot happened this year. Uh, personally, uh, you know, professionally, outside, not even do with me economically. I mean, let's not forget, guys, we started the year off with some bank failures, right? Am I the only one that feels like it was 10 years ago now? That was this year, 2023. So uh crazy year, but that's not what we're talking about today. I'm excited for today. Uh, we're going to uh, continue the lingo. So this is going to be part three of the lingo. You won't need to have listened to part one and two to listen to this because today we're going to focus on debt. Uh, and there, there won't be there won't be any Passover terms, crossover terms, because all the other terms we used were pretty much all on the equity side. And the debt is just completely different. And in my personal opinion, not enough conversation and education around debt. You know, everybody wants to focus on the returns and the cash flow and all of that. And and trust me, all of that's great, of course, because as investors, especially when we're passive investors, you know, that, you know, that, that shows us what our money is going to be doing for us. So it's natural to get latched onto the equity side. However, what we're seeing, especially over the last 18 months now, and, and will continue forward probably through 20, the end of 2024 is debt is getting groups in trouble. You're seeing foreclosures. And keep in mind, guys, this is all done in the private world. And what that means is, you know, in, in the public sector, right, the stock market, all those publicly traded companies, every quarter they have earnings calls. And all of their financials, everything has to be made public. You could literally log on right now and look through all of Apple's accounting right now. You could do that. You have that legally, you have that right. It's It has to be, re be made readily available to you, and it is. Now, in the private sector, that's not the case, right? Now, you still have to keep all of those records, and you still have to keep a record of all that stuff. It's not like you, you don't have to have it, but, you know, it, it doesn't have to be shown Right. It doesn't have to be made public. And so therefore, 
one of the reasons it's so important to know who you're investing with is, you know, certain things can be manipulated, right? Pro formas. Uh, I don't believe I talked about pro forma. Basically, all the pro forma is is the projection, what they anticipate, you know, the returns to be, you know, typically have the the cash flow, any refinances, the sell of the asset. And, you know, if you were a lot of times they use $100,000 because the math is easy. If you invest $100,000, here's what you're going to make in year one. The thing I can tell you about the pro forma, I can almost, the thing I can guarantee about the pro forma, it's going to be wrong. It's either going to be higher or lower. Now, obviously we hope higher, right? But it could be lower. And what is not shown on the pro forma and what is is a big deal, right? And, and a lot of times, you know, we'll see, the refinance, right? And, and they'll talk about the debt. Hey, this is the debt we have. And if they have fixed rate debt, you really don't have to worry about the debt, right? Because, you know, they'll have a five, seven or 10 year term. It can be longer, but it's typically up to 10 years. Sometimes you'll see 12 and 15 years. Uh, but those are special exceptions made by Fannie and Freddie. So Typically, you'll see five, seven, and 10-year fixed rate loans. You'll typically see some kind of uh, interest-only period, what we call I.O. period, right? And which means that all you're paying in that interest-only period is just that. You're not paying down the principal. You're only paying the interest because in the end, guys, that is where lenders make their money. So a couple of things I want to talk about on lenders. One, right there, right? They make their money off the interest. The principal, paying down the principal helps you as the borrower, right? Because the interest rate is fixed. As you pay down the principal, that's less interest you're going to pay, which ultimately means less the lender is making, right? Especially over a 10-year period, you know, and these are amortized 20, 25, sometimes 30-year amortization, Right? And so, so they'll they'll work in, especially if you're a good borrower, you've got a good relationship with the lender. Sometimes on a 10-year, you'll have a five-year interest-only period. Well, those are the years you want to get in there and get shit done. Like, you want to get moving on that because once that principal and interest kicks in, your debt obligation increases, Right. And if you have an increased value and more specifically increased revenue, then if you have an increased revenue, then when your debt payment increases, what we call a DSCR, debt service coverage ratio, just a fancy word for the coverage ratio. So lenders like to see ad acquisition a 1.25, meaning there's an extra 25% of revenue on top of what is already being uh, made to cover the debt, right? So basically a 25% buffer, right? You're make, you need to be making 25% more than your debt payment uh, requires, right? And that's because things, things inevitably happen, right? Like, you know, if you're talking about apartment buildings, right? Tenants may stop paying, uh, you know, things break, right? Uh, you know, all kinds of different things can happen. So they want to see a, a coverage ratio, you know, a one means you can cover 
the the debt, right? 1.25 means there's that extra 25%. So so what we're talking about is fixed rate, right? So fixed rate is the easiest to understand because it's just like your mortgage, right? Just like your everyday mortgage, you got a fixed rate. Hey, this is what you're paying for the next 30 years, right? In this case, it's 10 years, right? And the interest only is just that. It's just the interest, right? On mortgage, your average mortgage, we're all paying print P and I, principal and interest, right? Uh, from the start, right? And that's what the amortization schedule is, is basically the schedule of the principal and interest. And, you know, over the next 30 years, the amount that goes towards interest, obviously higher, right? In the beginning, it's pretty much all interest, a little bit of principal, and then slowly over time it shifts and then it's more principal and uh, less interest, right? Um, so there's a quick understanding of what, it, what an amortization schedule is. So this is all on fixed rate. So now what I wanna get into is what is getting the, the world of commercial real estate. And I don't just mean office, but office is struggling with it too, but you're seeing it a lot in apartments and multifamily. What is getting it all into trouble? And this is what we call variable rate debt. Now, you all should be familiar with this. If you're not, variable rate debt is exactly what it sounds. The rate varies. Now, typically in the beginning, usually for two or three years, you'll have a teaser rate, right? So this might be, you know, right now, if you were to get variable rate, which you're really not going to see variable rate being used, but for the sake of this right now, let's go back. What, what, what you were seeing three years ago in variable rate debt, two years ago, more specifically, three years ago, we were still in COVID and one is much transaction volume. But two years ago, right, starting in 2021, when transaction volume went through the roof and through, you know, through most of 22, you had a lot of variable rate debt. So what's going to happen is for the next two to three years, you're going to pay three and a half percent, Right. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have a spread, usually anywhere from 150 to 200 basis points. That's one and a half to 2% over whatever the, typically now you use uh, the sulfur, what they call the sulfur rate. Uh, and sulfur Let's see. Let me let me look up. Um, let me look it up uh, because I can't remember what the. Uh, what what sulfur is an acronym for something. Uh, Uh, so for SOFR, Secured Overnight Financing Rate, we used to use LIBOR, which was the London International Borrowing Rate. Uh, and now we use uh, uh, Secured Overnight Financing Rate, 
And basically, okay, so the LIBOR was the London Interbank Offered Rate. Now we use SOFR. Took place, took the place of the, it says in June of 2023, but I know that they were using SOFR uh, a lot earlier than that. And this is basically the rate that banks borrow at. Like this is their rate, right? And some of you are probably wondering, well, what's the Fed's rate? Well, the Fed's rate is um, and the Fed's rate is what the SOFR is typically what banks borrow from other banks, right? And then the Fed's rate is what banks get charged to borrow from the Fed. So that's the biggest difference, right? So, you know, banks don't borrow all their money from the Fed, right? They'll borrow from larger institutions uh, and different things like that. And so now they use the SOFR and that's what, and so to come back now to the variable rate, you'll get a, you know, if the, if the SOFR is two and a half percent, right? Which it was, I mean, it was zero for a while, but you know, let's say it's two and a half percent, right? Okay, we'll give you a three and a half percent interest rate, but now that's going to go to, you know, so you get, uh, so you're only one percent higher, a hundred basis points. One basis point is 0. 0.10, 0.10 of a percent. So a hundred of those, one percent. Easiest way to remember that. They're also called BIPs. Um, that's short for them because it's the, the uh, acronym is BP. Uh, or the, uh, you'll see it written as BPS, so we call them BIPs, right? So there's some more lingo for you. So when someone says 100 BIPs, that's 1%, right? Or 100 basis points. Okay, so then they say what's going to happen. Well, you're, you're uh, in three years, it's going to move to three, to uh, SOFR plus three, right? Okay, well, you know, Right now, that seems fine, right? Because, you know, the the SOFR is 2%. You're like, okay, we'll go to from 35 to 5.5% in three years. Plus, you know, we really anticipate being able to... This is where that people got in trouble because this is was the game plan. You know, because 35 to 5.5% is serious, right? You're talking, I mean, imagine having a $100 million uh hundred million dollars in debt and you know you got a hundred million dollar debt obligation and now all of a sudden you know goes up two percent on an annual basis that's two million dollars annually more in debt you have to pay right so that's a big deal that's a lot of money Right. So ultimately what you're anticipating to be able to do in those two to three years is get in, you know, refurbish these apartments, increase rents. Rents are going to increase over those years as well. So all of that put together, we're going to be able to increase our revenue and take on this new debt piece. In reality, what you're thinking is going to be able to happen is, and that's worst case scenario that you have to stick with that debt. In reality, what you're thinking is, 
we'll refinance in three years, right? We'll refi in three years and get a lower interest rate. You know, we'll go to a fixed rate because we've increased our, we've increased the value. The big thing you need to understand in commercial real estate, apartments, whatever it is, is they don't trade on comparables like residential real estate. Comparables are important, but not for the same reasons, right? In residential real estate, a comparable is, is it, right? Basically, your house is worth what the same house has sold for within the last couple months. In commercial property, that matters a little bit What, uh, for sure. But in reality, it's how much revenue, what is your NOI, your net operating income? Basically, all of your income minus your expenses before any of the debt. That's your NOI. In businesses, it's called EBITDA. Same concept. But essentially, what is your NOI? And if you increase NOI, you increase value. And it's exponential. It's compounding because it's based on a, on a cap rate, capitalization rate. So, you know, if you increase $20,000 a month on a five cap, you take 20,000 and you divide it by 5%, you've just added $400,000 to the NOI. So can you see why, you know, even a, even $50 per unit on a hundred dollar, you know, $50 per unit on a hundred units, that's $5,000 an increase on a five cap. That's $10,000 that you've added to the NOI. So that is how you add value. So once what you do is you go in, you add value, and then you refinance out of your variable rate. Well, what has gotten everyone in so much trouble is two things. One, and it's kind of a perfect storm, is interest rates went up faster than they've ever gone up. So even if you wanted to refinance, even if you had increased value, the rates that you were getting were not going to be any better. Like you weren't going to get a better rate. You couldn't get a better rate because interest rates were too high. So you had interest rates being too high and you have to refinance, right? Like you got to understand some people had to refinance. There wasn't an opportunity to just take on a new rate. So some people had to refinance. Next was the variable rates went up. Right. So now all of a sudden you're now all of a sudden your overnight rate is four percent and your spread is two hundred bips to two percent. So now you're going from a three and a half percent teaser rate to six percent interest rate in two years. And to add to that, you had supply chain issues. So the increase of labor went up, the increase of materials went up. So now what you thought it was going to, so now what you thought were your fixed costs, which is what should be fixed, you should have a fixed cost on labor and on materials, right? If you're doing it correctly, those should be fit. Those should be, those should be pretty fixed. You should have a really, really good idea down to, down to probably the hundred dollar what it's going to cost you to renovate an apartment unit. So now that's all over the place and you can't lock in that rate and, oh, everything's slowed down. So now you're not turning over apartments as quickly as possible. So not only has has it in, has the amount increased to turn over an apartment, but the 
the time that apartment is offline is increased. So now your loss to lease is gone up. What loss to lease is, is just that the lost amount of money from not having it leased. That's, that's what that term means. So now that's gone up, right? So now not only are you losing money from not having that apartment rented, your costs have gone up. And so, and on top of that, your, your rate has gone up. And because two years ago, the overnight rate and the SOFA rate was so low, lenders were, and so, and so you're like, okay, well, there's gotta be something in place to, to hedge this. And there is, and this is the next thing it's called an interest rate cap. Basically what financial institutions will offer you is the opportunity to buy a cap rate. What this does is essentially essentially it will allow you to buy a cap or the max that your rate can go up, right? And so this is a way to combat rising rates. Well, guess what, guys? Two years ago, rates weren't rising. And deals were in transaction values to the roof and valuations were up so high that people just wanted to get into these deals. They're like, I just want to get this deal done, right? And so you were going in and you were getting these variable rate and you're like, well, right now everything's 2Xing. So I don't even need to go in and, and renovate 80% of the, the old apartments. I can do 10, 20%, 10% of them and double this thing and 2X this thing and sell it. That was, that was what was happening. So no longer were you getting investing, you were getting speculating, okay? And this is a big thing I'm going to start really focusing on here, guys, is the difference between speculation, thinking you can do something in two or three years, that is speculation. Having a 10-year horizon, that is investing, right? The longer you have to implement a business plan, the more it's an investment, because you don't have the pressure of time to get something done. You can get things done over the long term, which means you can usually get it done uh, at a higher quality and for a lower price because you're not forced to just be like, yeah, get it done, right? You're able to be like, go out, price shop, find the right people, find the right prices, find the right materials, right? All of the, everything gets expanded out and therefore you're not forced to do anything. This is why a lot of fix and flippers are in trouble right now because they just want to get in and get things done and get it sold. And with interest rates going up, people aren't buying houses and therefore they've got a lot of inventory on hand and inventory is costing them money because nobody's renting these out, right? That's not what they're in the business of. And that brings me to my point here, guys, with lenders. Lenders aren't in the business of foreclosing and, and defaulting on stuff. They don't have the infrastructure to, to take on a 100-plus unit apartment complex and manage it effectively, right? So they want to work with you, which is why they want you to buy a rate cap when you're in the variable rate. Now, rate caps, well, they'll usually only last two years. And, you know, back then, they might be twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, maybe $50,000, right? In the grand scheme of a $50 million loan, it's not that much, right? What is that, 1%, right? or not even half a percent, I think, of 50 million. So, um, so they want you to buy a rate cap. Well, what happens is those rate caps expire. And then guess what? 
your rate has to go up to the to the overnight rate or the or the SOFR plus two. And now SOFR is four percent, five percent. The overnight rate right now is five point two five to five and a half percent. So now two percent over that would be seven and a half percent. So three years ago you had three and a half percent. Now you have seven and a half percent, right? And you haven't been able to increase the value like you thought. So your valuations are super low, which means you're not able to refinance on a higher valuation, which means you're probably not going to get a lower rate. And so now to bring it all full circle, help you guys understand that is what has gotten the industry in trouble right now and why deals are being sold at super high discounts because they have to get out of them or else they have to turn it over to the bank. This is why you're seeing them turn. This is why you're seeing 150 million, $300 million portfolios just being turned over because they, they have no way to increase value and they, you're not going to go get a lower interest rate. You're not going to get a fixed rate loan. Lenders aren't going to lend to you if you have an increase of value or if the value's dropped. So now you're at negative equity. Well, there's nothing to lend on, right? So now you can see why debt is so, so, so important. And before nobody was really paying attention because it didn't matter what you were doing. Deals were just happening so quickly and, and 2Xing and everybody was making money and it was great. Well, now you're forced to actually implement business plans. So I'm not going to touch on it too much now. I touched on it a bit, but be careful, guys, of three to five-year holds. Those can be very speculative. And while some groups are able to do it, it's very important. And I'm not saying it can't happen in five years. Five years is still a good amount of time. But it's important to understand what the debt is doing in those five years. Is the debt having to be switched a lot? Or is it fixed rate? If it's fixed rate, guys, you're really fine, right? Especially if you're somewhere in the five and a half to six and a half percent range. You know, if you're cash flowing at six percent, well, odds are likely that in three, five, seven years, I mean, especially three, five years, interest rates will be lower. Well, therefore, we can refinance. What's getting people in trouble now is they have to refinance or their rate cap has been blown through. And now to go buy a new rate cap, now all of a sudden these rate caps are costing you millions of dollars. So now you can see why distributions are being withheld and you know people, you know, investors aren't getting their money like they would typically get every month or every quarter because that money needs to be saved up to go buy rate caps on some of this variable rate debt. So there you guys have it. This is lingo part three, but really I think in reality, this is a really, really deep dive into debt and what is so important to understand about debt. And I may even be a part, do a part two, cause we didn't even get into bridge loans and the other debt pieces. We didn't even get into those. So I may do a part two on Wednesday. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys enjoyed this and you know, someone who wants to learn more about debt and you know, maybe you agree with me on how important it is and why no one's talking about it. Share this guys. Let's get this word out there about debt and help people understand what is happening in the world of debt and specifically in the commercial real estate world and in the asset world and why so many people are getting in trouble. So follow me on social media guys at Johnny Katani and join my list, katanicapitalgroup.com, top right corner. That is where you'll learn about the deals that we're talking about. And uh, I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. We got a full week of solo episodes this week. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. And I will talk to you on Wednesday. See ya. Thank you again for tuning in. 
Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to KataniCapitalGroup.com to learn more.